Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Wednesday the 30th of October. Coming up, man sentenced for murdering wife 20 years ago. There are three children who lost their mother when they were very young. And those three grown-up children now are losing their father, uh, being incarcerated uh, for the murder of their mother. Campaigners angry about grammar school expansion. We don't need a grammar school. We just need to build a good school that has facilities for every child and doesn't discriminate against the 75% who don't pass a test. And Celebrity Guy unveiled for Edenbridge Bonfire. It was decided that John Burkow would be the, the best one to select because we could really sort of create the, the divide that we have in our country at the moment. Kent Online News. A man's been jailed for life after being found guilty of murdering his wife, who disappeared from their home near Deal more than 20 years ago. Ish has the details. Debbie Griggs was pregnant with her fourth child when she went missing from Walmart in 1999. Her body's never been found. Her husband Andrew, who's now 57 and lives in St Leonard's in Dorset, always denied having anything to do with her disappearance. He's been told he'll serve a minimum of 20 years behind bars. Detective Superintendent Paul Fotheringham was part of the investigation. Debbie was reported missing by uh, her husband Andrew um, and uh, it uh, took about two weeks for the case then to be referred because there were suspicions at the time uh, that uh, Debbie had then potentially uh, been murdered um, and uh, an investigation started by the major crime team. Uh, he was arrested uh, right at the start and actually was uh, interviewed a number of times uh, over a four-year period. Uh, it was a huge investigation for us uh, to try and uh, find Debbie uh, but also find out uh, how she died. Uh, and whether it was at the hands of uh, somebody else and we believe it was Andrew. Uh, so in 2003 uh, the case was put before a, a senior lawyer uh, who made a decision that there was insufficient evidence for us to prosecute. Uh, the case then goes into a regular review process. We never close a cold case uh, and my cold case team uh, then carry out regular reviews of a number of cases and this one in particular in uh, the start of uh, 2018 uh, we carried out a review and a scoping exercise which included uh, rechecks around whether uh, Debbie's potentially um, uh, got uh, bank accounts or which has um, opened up um, uh, different um, um, uh, accounts or contacted the health services and she hadn't so we presented that again back to the CPS to say in today's context 20 years later uh, you know it's our belief that there is a, there are a case against Andrew um, and uh, CPS are really supportive of us uh, and, uh, and put the case to a, a very senior lawyer, um, a QC, to review the case who agreed that there was a case to answer a court. I think there were, there were certainly there were inconsistencies uh, in the, his accounts at the time. Um, I think the most important thing is that uh, Debbie was uh, a mum of three children and she was pregnant. Uh, she was uh, making plans uh, for the following days uh, with uh, with friends. Uh, there was, uh, even though uh, their relationship, I don't think was fantastic. There, were, there was no reason for her to to go off on her own, um, and it, or, or no reason for her to uh, to uh, to harm herself. So, so to me, there's there's no other reason other than that she's been uh, um, uh, harmed by somebody um, and uh, there's no other reason that I can possibly think of and if, if that's the case then it follows that the only person that could have done that would be uh, would be Andrew um, and because to think it'd be fanciful to think that she's been harmed or injured by somebody else uh, in a random attack there's no other evidence that points towards that at all 
um, it um, uh, it must have been Andrew. But with the checks that we've carried out, there is there is sh she's not she's not alive. I mean, even Andrew herself himself actually um, uh, went to court to uh, get it agreed in law that she's dead in 2007. Um, so um, uh, so again, it's a number of uh, uh, little things really that have all added together like a big jigsaw piece. But the key thing is that how else could it have possibly how else could she have gone missing and and if you think that she's um, uh, because if she's done something to herself then we'd have found her um, and uh, if, it, if, it, if something had happened to her that wasn't planned then we would have found her um, and so if you think that um, uh, she's been killed at the hands of another uh, then the only person that could have done that in my view is uh, Andrew. Uh, I'm delighted for uh, Debbie's family that the jury have agreed that uh, Andrew um, has, uh, has killed Debbie. Um, it's, uh, it's taken uh, 20 years for us to get to this position um, and uh, during that time uh, they, they don't know. Nobody's been able to tell them what's happened. Um, nobody, nobody's been able to tell them how it's happened um, and uh, I hope they get some, uh, some peace that, um, uh, that, um, uh, that Andrew's now been convicted. Sarah Dinley is from the CPS Southeast. So this case was first referred uh, to the Crown Prosecution Service for charging advice back in 1999 and again in 2003. Uh, on both occasions uh, it was decided that there was insufficient evidence uh, to charge uh, Andrew Griggs with murder. The passage of time um, has shown that there is no trace of Debbie Griggs. Um, she hasn't used bank accounts, she hasn't accessed any medical uh, attention, she hasn't claimed benefits, she hasn't filed a tax return or paid tax anywhere. Also during the past 20 years uh, we have gained confidence through case law which has been decided during this period which has allowed us to use evidence which in the past we would not have been able to use or would not have been confident that we could uh, uh, use it in court. So this is a woman uh, who was pregnant with her fourth child. She had three young sons. Uh, she was by all accounts, a devoted um, mother with a very strong maternal instinct. She took her son to school every day. Uh, she was very active in, in local mother and baby groups. And in fact, the day after she went missing, she had been due uh, to meet up uh, with friends and had plans uh, later in the week uh, to attend um, a body shop party. She was a woman who, if she said she was going to turn up somewhere, she did. So it was highly unusual for her not to keep those uh, appointments. Uh, she also had regular midwife and hospital appointments and she failed to keep those uh, after her disappearance. She'd had previous dis difficulties in her pregnancies. Uh, so we would say it was, it's inconceivable that she wouldn't have kept uh, those uh, medical appointments. This isn't a smoking gun case by any means. It is very much a case which is built uh, like a jigsaw puzzle. Piece of the pieces uh, which all fit together and paint a picture of guilt. And that's what we say in this case, that there are inconsistencies in his account. Um, there is overwhelming evidence that it would have been highly unusual for her to have disappeared in the way as she did. Uh, the fact that there is no trace of her uh, over a 20 year period. And the fact that there may be reasons uh, in their relationship uh, why uh, he would want her dead. But this is a case which after 20 years uh, has led to the conviction of Andrew Griggs. It's an upsetting case on, on many levels. Uh, there are three children who lost their mother uh, when they were very young and those three grown-up children now are losing their father, uh, being incarcerated uh, for the murder of their mother. 
a man who has lied to them over 20 year, for over a 20 year period about what ha- has happened to their mother. Kent Online reports. Kent MPs are getting ready to fight for their seats in the third general election in less than five years. It's looking like we'll go to the polls on the 12th of December, just 13 days before Christmas. Last night, the House of Commons passed the Prime Minister's bill, which called for an election to solve the Brexit deadlock. It'll be the first one to be held in December in the UK for almost 100 years. Meantime, after two days, Operation Brock has now been deactivated on the M20. You'll now no longer have to use the contraflow between junctions 8 for Maidstone and 9 for Ashford, which is designed to ease congestion if Brexit causes cross-channel travel delays. Cones have been removed from the coastbound stretch after an extension was agreed by the UK and EU on Monday. Kent Online News. The Commons has been told how people living in a Kent town are often experiencing waste water flowing into the streets and onto their property. Tunbridge Wells MP Greg Clarks held a debate blaming Southern Water's failure to upgrade Paddock Wood's sewerage system. That's despite the town being earmarked for an extra 1,000 homes. The company was fined £126 million earlier this year for serious failures in its sewage treatment sites. This is what Greg Clark had to say about it. Many of us, uh, to be frank, uh, I say to the Minister, have come to lose patience with the role of Southern Water, the principal provider of those services uh, in my constituency. Now, because this is a short debate, I want to use the example of the town of Paddock Wood, but it applies almost identically uh, to other parts of my constituency, with particular concerns in the parishes of Hawkehurst, Capel, uh, and in the towns of Tunbridge Wells and Southborough, but many other villages uh, as well. The capacity of the sewage and draining network uh, that serves Paddockwood is inadequate for the current population uh, of a little over three and a quarter thousand households. The town of uh, Paddockwood uh, is situated in a, uh, a low-lying area quite close to the, uh, to the River Medway uh, and frequently floods. When it does, the overload of the current network has unacceptable, unhealthy and frankly disgusting consequences uh, for residents. One of my constituents, who lives uh, in an estate near the centre of the town, described how for 10 years her front garden has been regularly flooded with water containing sewage, toilet paper and other waste coming up from a manhole cover in the middle of the road outside her property. A resident in a different part of town described how he and his neighbours have submitted complaints time and again uh, about, once again, sewage and toilet paper washed out into their road. The Paddockwood Town Council uh, and the local borough and county councillors to whom I pay tribute for their tenacity uh, over the years uh, have pressed and highlighted the problem, demanding that it's addressed uh, and warning of the obvious need for investment in greater capacity. Southern Water themselves have admitted that the infrastructure needs upgrading before any additional demands on it can be contemplated. Paddockwood is now subject to plans for at least an additional 1,000 homes uh, across three major developments uh, on top of the 3,250 homes, approximately, that are already there. Residents of Paddockwood now see development happening that they were assured would only take place when the sewerage system had been upgraded to deal with the current uh, overuse and the current problems that they're facing uh, and to remove the worsening of that situation, uh, let alone 
uh, to cope with the development uh, that is planned. Now, I met with Southern Water and members of Paddock Wood Town Council and officers and members of Tunbridge Wells Borough Council and Kent County Council on the 7th of September. All these local representatives were dismayed to discover that the previous plans uh, were not even going to be proceeded with and that the company had gone back to the drawing board, in effect, to consider what could be done about the capacity in Paddockwood. In the meantime, new homes are being built and connected to a sewerage system that is already so inadequate that it results in sewage flowing through the streets uh, and the flooding of existing properties. Enough is enough. The people of Paddockwood are not NIMBYs opposing all development. Quite the opposite, in fact. The town has, without fuss, accommodated more new development compared to its size than most other towns in the southeast of England. It is perfectly reasonable to demand that in doing so, residents should not be taken for granted and taken for a ride. Kent Online reports. A fire that broke out at a derelict commercial building in Ashford is being treated as suspicious. Dozens of firefighters were needed to tackle the flames at the Kent Waller Growers site on Tannery Lane on Monday afternoon. A Hern Bay woman's been found guilty of luring a man into her home so her boyfriend could rob him at knife point. The 32-year-old tricked the victim into going back to her flat before her 40-year-old partner, who had admitted the charges, threatened him with the weapon and locked him inside. They later stole a TV, phone and games console from the victim's home. They're both due to be sentenced for robbery and false imprisonment in December. 72 female MPs, including two from Kent, have declared their solidarity with the Duchess of Sussex, saying she's having to deal with distasteful and misleading stories about her. Canterbury's Rosie Duffield and Chatham and Aylesford's Tracy Crouch have signed an open letter saying certain articles are outdated and an invasion of her privacy. Kent Online News. Campaigners are angry. Plans to build a new grammar school annex in Kent have taken a step forward forward. Bosses want to expand the boys' school in Tunbridge Wells by creating a new site 15 miles away in Sevenoaks. A public consultation's now underway so you can have your say on the idea but Joanne Bartley from Comprehensive Future says the new building isn't necessary. We're really surprised that Kent County Council wants to persist with this selective school system when the rest of the country manages perfectly fine without it. So they seem to think that they need to create one in four grammar school places for, for children when in fact they don't need to do this at all. They've just been doing this plan for schooling every year since 1950s. So, um, so really it's kind of like the idea that they have to have a grammar school there is it, just, just nonsense. And so just in terms of the numbers of, of people actually needing to go into grammar schools, do we, do we particularly struggle with, with you know, actual numbers in West Kent and so this annex is actually in some ways needed? Well, it depends on your definition of need because Kent County Council say that 25% of children need a grammar school place. But actually, you know, a lot of parents whose children pass the Kent test decide they don't want a grammar school at all. They could choose an, a school that has grammar sets and streams and has a really good provision for, for those kind of high attaining kids without needing to have a test for entry. So if Kent County Council had some conviction, it would actually say these schools work. We don't need a grammar school. We just need to build a good school that has facilities for every child and doesn't discriminate against the 75% who don't pass a test. And of course, in terms of the location as well,
well. Tunbridge, Tunbridge Wells is where the main site is, but of course they want to put the annex in Sevenoaks, which is a good 12 miles away. What do you make of that kind of distance as well? Well, I mean, you wouldn't see a normal school expanding with a whole school-sized building in another town. So, I mean, this is very clearly a way to get around the law. They have to call it the fact that it's one school. It's an annex or a satellite or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, legally, you're not allowed to build a grammar school in another town. So they're kind of like, it's really duplicitous. It's like dodging the law. And, you know, this is our council doing this. It's like, you know, do they not care about the law? Do they not, do they not understand that a new grammar school is not allowed? So it's very legally dubious. And much as parents might want a grammar school there, I would rather Kent County Council spent £19 million telling people that you don't need a grammar school <laughs> than actually building one. Because, you know, parents around the country manage with a school system that doesn't have a test and, and that works. And so just finally, you just touched on a bit about there, the kind of not bending the rules but kind of weaving our way around it what do you kind of make of that loophole and the fact that schools are able to exploit that um i think it, it's it's very very um it's just wrong it's like you know there's a rule and, and everyone can see that this is a new school the children going there will feel like it's a new school and and you know i think i think people should care about that this is law this is democracy it's like no one's checking this that you know the reason there is a law against new grammar schools is because they're unnecessary they don't accept many poorer children so there's lots of good reasons not to have grammar schools and and to, to avoid the law is to avoid all these good reasons that have been debated in parliament if the annex in seven oaks is approved it'll open in september 2021 with space for 90 students education expert peter reed says those places are desperately needed the idea of an annex was first drawn up around 2012 seven years ago so it's taking a long time for completion there is a need for grammar school places let's be absolutely clear in West Kent which stretches from Tunbridge Wells in the far south up to Swanley Hextable in the north so children in the far north if they want to go to grammar school they're not eligible for the super selective schools Tunbridge Wells is where they're heading that's 22 miles that's a round journey of something like three hours. Yes, it's needed, but a deficit of 242 boys and girls by 2022 says something's got to be done. If Kent, which is a selective authority, is to offer grammar school places to all local children who pass the 11 plus. And, and that's the key. So for you, you might probably think these plans must be quite positive then in order to bring more grammar school, more yeah. grammar school children in. Yes, I think this particular proposition makes total sense because the particular shortages with boys' grammar school places, there is a girls' annex on the same site already. There is planning permission for a boys' annex, which has been there for about four years. No, this is a plan coming to fruition and it's needed make no mistake about it so if it's n if if this does not go through then in 2022 there'll be grammar school qualified boys 
not able to access a grammar school in Kent. You've got until the 6th of December to have a say on the plans. Kent Online reports. Police want to speak to the victim of a potential mugging in Margate after she failed to report it. She was approached by a man and woman who demanded money on the high street yesterday morning. Officers think they've identified the suspects from CCTV, but they want to hear from the victim who hasn't come forward. A 27-year-old man's been arrested after a motorhome was stolen from a property in Malling. It was taken from Maidstone Road in Borough Green on Monday night and detectives are still trying to find it. An investigation's underway after more than 30 vehicles were damaged in Margate, Westgate and Birchington. Windscreens and windows were smashed on Monday night and the following morning. The Speaker of the House of Commons, John Burko, has been revealed as the celebrity guy on this year's Edenbridge bonfire. The 11-metre-high effigy will be burned at their celebrations on Saturday, along with one of Guy Fawkes. But it's needed a bit of patching up after the head fell off. Harry's been along to the official unveiling. My name is Andrea Deans and I'm an artist for the Edenbridge Bonfire Society. John Burko, as you can kind of tell, I uh, imagine shouting order up there. He's become a bit of a character in himself, a bit of a kind of a cartoon in a way and that seems to have been sort of portrayed in this well he's he's supposed to be um, um, independent and have an independent views but it seemed to be that he's pulling on all the strings and um, I guess um, uh, seeing uh, Boris and um, uh, Jeremy under his arms uh, portray the fact that he's actually manipulating everyone in in a parliament so I think that's a fitting uh, caricature and as well Obviously, for the first time ever, had some issues with his with his head coming off. We we've been uh, doing this for over 20 years. Not me personally, but the Bonfire Society has been, and this is the first time, unfortunately, that this happened. Um, I think the the wind doesn't help, um, and the, the soft ground doesn't help. So, um, but do you know what? It makes it interesting, makes it different, and. Um, I think it's meant to be. <laughs> it's probably a, quite a nice symbol for what's going on up in West. I think so too, because um, it's all going uh, pretty wrong at the moment. So I think this um, this probably was meant to happen. And I suppose at the end of the day, they, whether the head stays on or not, they all end up the same way. Now. Yeah, it's all going to be burned, so uh, it really doesn't matter. And to be honest, I wish we could burn him now. <laughs> and. Tell me a bit about some of the work that you yourself has put in, you know, how much hard work has it taken to get to where it is now, although I imagine you probably want to see it with the face fully on rather than... Yeah, well, we make the decision uh, together as a society and then we talk about what elements we should incorporate in the design and then I go home and design it myself at home and then we take it from there. I, I, I do it here in, in this barn and, and I have um, uh, some helpers to do the, uh, the steel work and structural work work so so it's not only me it's uh, it's a lot of other um, bonfire society members who help and it takes us five days my name is laura lawrence and i am part of the edenbridge bonfire society so i guess first off um why john burko well he was chosen by members of the public and then um, he was a close tie between him and piers morgan um, but then in the meeting uh, last week it was decided that john burkow would be the the best one to select because we could really sort of create the the divide that we have in our country at the moment by by creating his effigy for our events on saturday night and of course he's not on his own he's been flanked by uh, boris johnson and jeremy corbyn as well all three of them have 
as you say, very much been in the spotlight the last few months. That's right, yes. And as you can see, he does have uh, Johnson and Corbyn in a headlock. And, uh, you know, the country's been in a headlock for so long now. So it's, uh, it's a great sort of, uh, you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> reason why, why we could do that. And obviously all of this is for a good cause as well, um, regardless of what it looks like at the moment. It's all about raising money. It is, right. We, um, we like to do the celebrity effigy. It does put the spotlight on our town. It's covered internationally who we decide to uh, create as our, our effigy every year, um, which obviously attracts more people to our event on Saturday so we can then raise more money for the local organisations and charities that are out there in our community. And all three of them, all very opinionated uh, politicians. Um, what do you think their opinion would be on uh, the FG that you've created? I think they would say that Andrea's done a fantastic job uh, with, with capturing their likeness and uh, she might even get a job as a professional caricaturist at the House of, Houses of Parliament. You can see pictures and video of the effigy at kentonline.co.uk And finally today, Disney movie crews have been spotted filming on the Kent coast. Camera teams were seen at work in Reculvert near Hearn Bay yesterday afternoon. It's thought it could be part of the new live action remake of The Little Mermaid. That's it for now, but for more news throughout the day, you can head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.